I'm Jack Zemlicka, and welcome to this episode of our 2019 Precision Farming Dealer Podcast Series. In today's program, we share perspectives on the evolving relationships between independent precision dealers and precision farming manufacturers collected at the 2019 Farm Progress Show. If you're tuning in for the first time, I'd encourage you to subscribe to this series, currently available in iTunes, the Google Play Store, SoundCloud, Stitcher Radio, and TuneIn Radio. By subscribing, that will allow you to get an alert when upcoming episodes in this series are released. Well, the last several years have seen rapid changes in competition and collaboration within the precision farming industry. Major manufacturers have been active in acquiring boutique precision companies to complement equipment offerings. As specialty companies are being absorbed into larger machinery manufacturers, there is increased need for versatility, adaptability, and innovation with sales and service, common attributes of independent precision dealers. At the 2019 Farm Progress Show, I caught up with several precision farming manufacturers and dealers to find out how their relationship and expectations have evolved in recent years in relation to OEM dealers and the precision space. In today's Precision Farming Dealer Podcast, we share excerpts from those conversations with perspectives on what it takes to succeed in the independent space and where dealers and manufacturers are looking to take those business relationships in the future. We start with comments from Greg Souter, who launched Precision Planting and Yield 360 Center, who spoke on the unique value of today's independent precision dealer. We've seen quite an evolution of, of the dealer. It started out the independent dealer, you know, it was a lot of time professional seedsman, and he was looking for a supplement. And it quickly become evident as he got into sales of precision equipment, that he had to tone and educate himself and add. So what we have seen, the independent dealer that has been able to grow his business by adding good personnel, come to trainings, understand the product, because at the end of the day, it's all about service. It's all about getting that customer that's newly exposed to technology the right service the first day out. And so we have seen quite a change just in the attitude and the professionalism of an independent dealer. They're a business, and there's no stake about it. Many of them have four to five employees. They've now even put up a structure where they are in, they have a physical site where they can bring planters and combines into and adjust and the return is there and they have seen the net return of their profit side and so they're willing to follow us and as we introduce new technology they're quick to adapt and they they see the benefit and it's because they've grown their business past one or two people and they're willing to come and learn and it's exciting the independent dealer has a huge place for us i mean without question we have equipment uh the john deere dealer and they likewise have a place but I like being two-pronged. I love having the independent that has a really close relationship in the neighborhood, and his best interest is always, what can I do for Joe Farmer to get it to the best it can be? Sure. You mentioned adaptability and, and you know, the, the flexibility, the, the willingness to kind of move very quickly is, is kind of a, a benchmark of that independent dealer, uh, you know, and, and being able to diversify very quickly. How valuable, you know, is that going to be going forward? Obviously, as we've seen equipment and hardware evolve into much more of a platform, and then also there's a lot of connectivity now that is kind of emerging in the technology sector in ag. And obviously, one piece isn't just a standalone anymore. It's right. part of another system. How valuable is it going to be for those 
independent dealers to be able to connect a lot of those dots, you know, even with the stuff you guys have uh, in your line. Well, you'll see a lot of them will carry maybe one or two different lines, and there's always this close synergy between the product. And so a lot of them will have some type of a Gen 3 or Gen 2 monitor, and they understand, you know, data is where it's at. And so they help the grower get as much data requisition, get that, help them also understand what are they actually looking at when they bring that data back out and they're analyzing yield maps and LIDAR maps and all the different things that we look at. How, how do we take that grower, that farmer to the next step? So the professional independent that has the right amount of relationship of a bank, he's got a large line of credit so he can stock, he can invest in the technology. Those are the ones that we see taking really large steps ahead and their sales growth each year is well over 20%. And so each year we see them growing 20 to 30% in their sales and then the success that follows that is really, really fun to watch. We also caught up with Darren Pritchard, Director of Sales with Outback, who touches on the transition Precision Manufacturer has gone through and the importance of expanding its independent dealer network. Five years ago, even further back than that, but now our dealers need to have someone on board, like a Precision Ag Specialist on board, because it's not as simple as it once was, selling just an Outback S, an entry-level guidance system. Now the products are more uh, complex, all-in-one type products. Now we're into ISO. Yeah. Ten years ago, people didn't even really know what ISO was. Now our terminals are, and most terminals, all terminals on the market today are full-blown ISO terminals, and that's that's just a totally different animal, if you want to call it that. So you need the next level of precision and the next level of uh, help, dealer help support there to take care of these products. So we've lost some dealers. We're, you know, as a dealer network, a channel in North America, we have about 150 dealers, you know, and in some areas they're just selling basic guidance systems. But for the most part, in this area where we're at, you need the next level to sell the higher level products that are more complicated. Steer ready is more complicated. Setting those kind of tractors up. ISO is more complicated. Troubleshooting that. Is it on our side? Is it on the ISO East? to use side. So uh, dealers need to be more technically uh, savvy um, to be able to handle and sell and support these products. So our dealers have changed dramatically over the last five years. We've lost many, but we've also signed up quite a few new dealers that have good uh, young tech savvy college kids coming out that just know this stuff like the back of their hand and and that uh, that really helps grow our businesses when we can find those type of dealers that have it but if they don't have that you know they're back to selling entry-level light bars and that's it and they don't grow the product the way they can they don't sell the full benefits of our full product line so has it changed yeah 100 percent how, how important are those independent dealers, you know, yeah. from a, a you know product delivery support standpoint, uh, in terms of being able to kind of maneuver and, and adapt to to maybe some of the product changes, even just the yeah. landscape in terms of what customers are looking for. For sure. Well, that's why we uh, do trainings and webinars and podcasts. Uh, like webinars, we're doing more of uh, annual dealer trainings to keep them up to speed and keep them trained. All our sales staff is totally trained to get in front of them and make sure they know the products. You know, we're an aftermarket company. Every one of our dealers is. Uh, selling an aftermarket product we're not tied to an OEM so we have to have these guys trained and make sure they know our products to sell our products and take care of our stuff in the field to take care of our customer and uh, yeah they need to be able to change and move with us or we have to uh, move on and find someone else in the area because if they can't service and support it it, it doesn't help us at all in the field it doesn't help our customers at all so what are some of the the bigger challenges that you've seen you know in, in the last five years either you know kind of influencing you know either the, the communication uh, the, the yeah. development of, of dealers or just you know kind of coming from 
the industry as a whole that you know are kind of shaping what's what's going on. Challenges from our company standpoint over the last five years, it's training. Everything's training. Like you, with 150 dealers, you try and get them all out to training, get them all centrally, because you only do so many trainings because we only have so much resources to do these trainings. So getting them trained and up to speed so they're not sending all their questions back to customer service. We only have so many people on the phone. So number one is training and knowledge and hands-on training. One thing we really, really talk about and we want them to come to our training, our annual training, because we put them in front of the products and let them push buttons and we have all the experts there. So it's, uh, but I do understand if the dealer's only selling 20, 30, $50,000 of the product, does it make sense to send two guys to training that might cost them a few thousand dollars? Uh, so it's training. It's all knowledge and training and understanding the product. If they don't understand the product, A, they're not, maybe not selling it properly, not confident in selling the product. And then if they do sell it or if we sell it at the show and push them back, then they got to support it. And if they're not comfortable supporting it, it all comes back on us. Right. And that's why they, they are dealers. They get paid commission to support the product. So it's all training and making sure they're comfortable selling it and supporting it in the field to help us obviously grow the business so kind of looking at your, your crystal ball and uh, <laughs> forecasting you know kind of where do you want to see uh, that relationship that Go. development particularly again thinking about those independent dealers that yep. you know are part of the network you know how do you see them being champions of, of you know, the, the area. product you have and, and yep. the service and support them yeah for sure we've one thing we've done is skype skype meetings and and pot, uh, web webinars and that's where we're learning you know we launched our new product our atlas and everything like that so we had one main training but doing webinars to really make sure they're comfortable selling the atlas subscription service it's a great product but again if they don't know it they don't understand it they can't support it so webinars are a cheap easy fast way mm -hmm. so they can get the training right from their office they don't have to come to us we're really coming to them right into their office i find that the webinars are really helping out scott's team the whole gcc team can do training every other week and hit as many dealers as we can many sales guys as we can and that's that's really what I feel is helping getting our dealers up to speed on on training and knowledge and product knowledge and and uh, and helping out for sure data-driven services is an increasingly important part of some independent dealer offerings and Brian Sorby vice president of global product solutions with Topcon discusses the intersection of the company's recent agronomy oriented products and their independent dealers' ability to support them. I wanted to get some thoughts on, you know, what do you see as some of the biggest things that have kind of evolved or changed, you know, in the last three to five years with the dealers that you guys are working with? Yeah, I think it's a relevant uh, question and topic, honestly. And, and I think with, with TopCon Ag in particular, the timing of the topic is, is relevant because TopCon is, is kind of changing its persona, so to speak where we have always been, you know, we've only been in Precision Ag for 12, 13 years. Uh, so we're relatively in the world of Precision Ag, we're the new guys still, but we've still been very hardware centric. Started the company by introducing auto steering and high precision GNSS. We still have those products to this day and making improvements on it. But even our distribution channel, you know, largely associated us with being an auto guidance company and a GPS company, despite we had a great sprayer control product. We've got a great spreader control and all these different applications. We still got affiliated, let's say, with some of that auto steering technology. We got all of our hardware systems and sensor systems, whether it was through acquisition or through you know organic development. Mm -hmm. we, we built a robust catalog, but still primarily focused on hardware. Well, now you fast forward to about two years ago, 
And we have almost a cultural shift inside of TopCon where our focus from a resources standpoint goes towards digital services sure. and could create in our own cloud-based platform that could, let's say, create value for the farmer by leveraging all of this hardware we've put out in the field. And so we started working on top, the TopCon agriculture platform here a couple years ago. Today at Farm Progress, we're releasing that product. What this signifies is a, a pendulum shift in the TopCon business, where now we talk, we're, we're starting to talk more about the data. We're talking about the analytics. We're talking about the outputs that TAP creates based on the data that comes from these sensors. It's the first topic and the hardware becomes the second topic. That's completely, it's 180 degrees opposite of what we have been in the past. Well, what that means to a distributor is, is that because TopCon's evolving, and let's face it, the competition's evolving too. We're not the only one who's doing this, right? The distribution has to evolve as well. Now, we've been fortunate that, we, you know, we've got, let's say, a, a select group of distributors in North America, and we got great dealers. And, and the ones that have embraced, let's say, the agronomy side of it and the data analytics and the value of something as simple as a map, the, the guys who got that are best poised to make this transformation with us. But we see an opportunity for us to grow our distribution and reach markets where maybe we haven't had a dealer in the past and either talk to an independent precision ag dealer that is agronomy focused or open up new channels like agronomists themselves. You know, some of these guys have got relationships with growers that is unrivaled. And, and so, but yet they're maybe a little bit intimidated by the hardware aspect of it. So what we're trying to see is kind of a hybrid model where the services packages maybe could be promoted through an, an agronomy company of some sort. And then we build a great network of independent precision ag dealers that do want to stay, let's say, uh, tied to the roots a little bit and focused on things like RTK and auto guidance and section control and rate control and yield monitors, whatever it happens to be, sure. and support that disruptive channel while they go out and sell the services. To be honest, we don't know that that's really what lays before us, but it's an option that we're looking at because the marketplace is evolving, the customer's demands and expectations are evolving, and as a result, only the dealers, the precision ag dealers that, let's say, can see this evolution occurring mm -hmm. and have the, the capital, have the bandwidth, have the people and the knowledge to make that transformation, they're the ones that we want signed up with top, Team TopCon next year, you know? Right. Absolutely. Well, you mentioned, uh, obviously, the competitive landscape, you know, and that's certainly been true of... You know, the hardware as we've seen things kind of progress and evolve. You know, how do you see that, you know, kind of moving forward then when you're talking about, you know, kind of the data side? Because obviously there's, you know, emerging players on that side. You know, some are looking at it as solely, you know, data. Some are obviously, you know, combining it with some of the hardware uh, offerings they've had in the past. Yep. One of the comments that was made uh, earlier was that, you know, both from a dealer and a manufacturer standpoint, there's got to be that differentiating factor. Yep, you know, that's right. How do you, how do you stand yeah. out then in the future to be kind of uh, on top or near the top when you're talking about the network and how they've advanced and obviously getting them the support they need? Yeah, I mean, I, I think it, it's a complicated answer, but the best way that I can, I can say is we're under a great amount of, let's say, pressure from the market to develop innovative features and analytics and outputs that the platform can create. Because you want to you present the data to a farmer that makes sense to him. You want to do it very quickly. And you want to make sure that when he looks at it, he has kind of an aha moment and hopefully arrives at a decision. That's the holy grail. Right. 
to get to that point though is where I think we and maybe even some of our competitors have a unique position because we're putting on hardware and sensors, let's say at ground zero, right? Things like load cells and, you know, we've got ultrasonic sensors and we've also got, you know, crop health sensors and different things like that. We're not unique by any means and I'm not trying to insinuate we are in that way. However, most of the other platform providers that really are only focused on, let's say, you know, the, the, the distribution of inputs and, and things like that, they've got nice platforms and they create all these meaningful insights and, and visualizations, but they still can't get to the raw sensor data. There's data being created on these machines that we haven't even really figured out what to do with, right? So that's the spirit of IoT in general is sensors, 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 get the raw data to the cloud, and let's, you know, for lack of a better word, let's figure out what to do with it later. Only the companies that are putting on these systems in, in complete packages, either at the OEM level or in the, in the aftermarket, really have that footprint that they can tap into to create that kind of value. And what that means for our dealers is that it always leaves us in a unique position to kind of be a larger piece of the overall workflow on the farm. So we don't just say, you know, what, what are the concepts of a, of, a, of a platform that doesn't have the system tied to it is if you get us your data, we'll turn back something special to you that you're willing to pay for. Well, that's great but getting the data to them is not an easy thing to do. So one of the things that we did with TAP is, sure, we, we put some focus in on the analytics and the outputs, just like anybody would. But what we really did was we said, what's the workflow look like for the average farmer and his trusted advisor, whether that's an agronomist or a crop consultant, whatever, what's that workflow look like just to get data into the platform and get the agronomist recommendation back into the cab? Simple thing. And that workflow is scary. And so what we decided to do was focus a lot of our effort on hitting the easy button there, streamlining that workflow so that data acquisition, that the pulling of the data off of those sensors and systems is absolutely painless. Processing that data in the cloud is effortless and let's say invisible to the farmer. It's just a little whirly bird that spins in the background and he just patiently waits and pretty soon he gets a map, right? That's the idea. Yeah, yeah. What that translates to is that all of our dealers and distributors get to participate in that same revolution of the workflow. Granted, just like we talked about in the previous question you just asked me, we have to have dealers who understand that workflow and can speak to that workflow. And then they receive all the benefits of us improving that. We also caught up with a couple of independent dealers at the show and talking with Skip Kleinfelter, owner of Linco Precision in El Paso, Illinois, he talked about the relationship building efforts industry-wide on the precision side. What we've seen more so than anything that has changed our business is the vendors that we deal with making better, deeper relationships with the OEMs. Since we are not an OEM type of dealer, uh, those relationships have taken some potential out of our possible sales revenue, but the same token, it has made some deeper relationships with the people that we work with. It's not all OEM people stepped up to the plate. Most of them have now, because I think pretty much they needed to. They really saw the light and had to. But that has changed us as an independent dealer, the dynamics there. Another thing we've seen though is over the years, 
And as you're in it longer, you do build better, deeper relationships with the customers you have. So those relationships are deeper. They, they are more trusting both ways. There are times that we actually set on the planning side of some of our farmers or producers out there. It's not just reacting to, okay, they, de they developed or identified a need, then they come talk to us. There are times when we take things to them, to their management team, that we bring to them as this is a good idea, you need to look at it. And we've been with some of these people long enough that they trust us. You know, it's not an automatic yes that we need to do this, but they will listen to us when we tell them, you know, uh, Farmer Brown, Farmer Joe, this is for you, this may not be for you, need to look at this or that. And that just has to do, I believe, you know, with being in business longer and building those trusted relationships. Probably the biggest change we had, though, was the vendors going a more direct OEM. Uh, as we look forward, we're, I'm on a panel later in the year, uh, what's next after what's next? With one of your breakouts, I ask a, sesh, or ask a question in Peoria of, who on your team has somebody that's in charge of oncoming, incoming, looking out to the future technology? Do you have anybody that really is, is charged with doing that? And nobody in the room raised their hand. That really surprised me. I do it just because, as you know, Jack, I'm, I'm interested in that. It's kind of my, my big deal. I like to see these kind of things. Elon Musk has applied to wire people's brain directly to the cloud this next year. Yeah, yeah. And if he's applying for it, you knew the military's already done it. You know? So anyway, uh, things like that. Uh, and as we see, you know, the Moore's Law and things speeding up and speeding up and speeding up, I think, boy, if you don't have somebody out there that's thinking or looking at future from a dealership, I think that's going to be a huge change in the future. We know all the OEMs have those people on board. They're looking in the future and trying to develop. Well, it's independent people. We need to be up to speed as much as we can with them. Right. Well, so those are changes I see, I guess. Right? Yeah, no, and that, that makes a lot of sense. And I mean, obviously, with the, the versatility that you have, you know, and the maneuverability as an independent dealer, you know, you have the opportunity to, you know, probably engage with some of those uh, companies that, you know, are... Uh, you know, kind of maybe up and coming, you know, uh, startups, you know, and try to develop some of those relationships early on. But I got to mention that also presents, you know, certain challenges and being able to, like you said, the next thing beyond the next thing. Well, you know, how do you know if that next thing is going to be something that's a good fit for your business? So, and always, we said this in farming for years, uh, the most exciting places to be is on the leading, bleeding edge. That's also the most expensive place to be. The safest and most profitable place to be is second and right. And I think I've said that to you before. Yes. But anyway, there's a lot of truth to that. But being second and right is where a lot of people, a majority of people need to be because mm -hmm. they need to be there. They can't take chances. I would probably be wearing more expensive tennis shoes if I hadn't taken the chances I've taken. But some have paid off and some haven't. But, you know, somebody has to do that kind of thing. And finally, we chatted with Scott Burroughs, owner of Bottom Line Solutions in Morton, Illinois, who talked about the need to be nimble with technology to meet the evolving needs of customers. Yeah, as we've been in this business, we're a relative newcomer to the business, only been in since 2012, starting out with the independent 
type manufacturers and being an independent dealer ourselves, what we've really noticed is the customers, the farmers out here, they're wanting service and they're wanting it now. They want a quick response. So just like these independent uh, manufacturers have evolved, they're meeting needs that the OEMs aren't because they're more nimble, they're reactive to the marketplace, they're getting this, the customer what they want when they want it. And as an independent dealer, we're finding ourselves being in the same boat. We're needing to be nimble, we're needing to adapt, we're needing to take on different product lines, know those product lines inside and out and backwards, have the inventory in our, in our trucks so that when they are broke down or when they need service, we can be there and, and respond to those needs. And that really gives us a competitive advantage over, say, an OEM. And so we see ourselves playing in the marketplace and because of that nimbleness and being adaptive to what the market wants. What, what are some ways where you've seen that kind of bear out, you know, in terms of being able to, uh, you know, because obviously the, the, particularly the technology market is getting increasingly competitive. I mean, there's, there's a lot of different products out there. Uh, a lot of people are, are looking to get into that space or are already in that space. The big thing I've heard, you know, from other folks is kind of differentiation. How do you differentiate yourself, you know, uh, as an independent working with independent companies? For us at Bottom Line Solutions, to really differentiate ourselves, I, I like to call it customer service. Everybody calls it customer service. It's kind of a, a me too type thing. Mm -hmm. But the really, I can tell you a lot of things and we could talk a lot about things, but it's the proof of what's out there and it's our customers telling their neighbors. And if there's one thing I keep coming back to and our customers keep saying why they recommend us, it is that service component. It is, it's having the parts they need, understanding that it's critical. We answer our phones and it, it sounds so simple. But my one advice to all independent dealers is answer your phone. Seven days a week, 24 hours a day, answer the phone. Even if you can't get them the response, the fact that you answer their phone is more than they're getting from somebody else, and that will get them coming back. So be nimble and be responsive to their needs. I think I heard you say uh, that you guys deal with about 20 different companies as that. That's correct. Yeah, so I mean, obviously, uh, another part of that support is having somebody at those companies also answer the phone when you guys have questions. Yes, and we, we are very fortunate. The, the companies we work with, we have a great relationship with them. Um, in fact, a lot of times our tech support team, we have their personal cell phones. And so we do get responses, uh, text messages. Uh, we have a lot of different ways we can communicate with these folks. So, but they've been responsive to our needs as well. And frankly, that's how we kind of decide who we're going to work with on the other side. Uh, there's a lot of technology manufacturers out there but they also need to support us as dealers uh, if we're in turn going to support our customers. So it's a two-way street that we require from our folks. So kind of looking forward, you know, crystal ball outlook here, you know, what are, you know, maybe some expectations, some thoughts that you would have looking forward on, you know, where you would like to see those uh, relationships develop, you know, from an independent dealer, independent supplier standpoint, you know, what are your, what are your hopes or how would you like to see things either improve or, or you know, advance? Yeah, no, great question. Um, we really look as our suppliers is that ongoing training. Uh, we look to them to keep us educated because there's always coming out with new products. Keep, keep us up to speed there. As they've learned what isn't working, that's important for us to know too. Um, it's not all kumbaya. There are some bad things out there, but we need to know those so that we can support it for them. So just good open communication. And, and we find that with most of our suppliers, that is the situation. But keep us educated and keep us informed. Well, thank you to each of the companies for sharing their time and perspective at this year's Farm Progress Show. And I certainly look forward to your feedback on today's program. So feel free to drop me an email at jzemlicka at lessitermedia.com or give me a call at 262-777-2441. You can also keep up on the latest precision farming news impacting your dealership by registering online for our free daily email update. 
And be sure to follow us on Twitter at PFD Editors and on our Precision Farming Dealer Facebook page. Well, I hope that you'll join us again for the next episode in our 2019 podcast series. For those companies and dealers we visited and our entire staff here with Precision Farming Dealer, I'm Jack Semlicka. Thanks for listening. Thanks for listening.